Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. When my kids were little, I always dreaded cold and flu season because not only was I raising my own children, but for many years while my kids were growing up, I also had a daycare in my home and I was caring for several other children as well. And it was a challenge enough to try to keep my own two kids healthy, let alone trying to keep everyone healthy and trying to minimize exposure to cold and flu and other illnesses that tend to go around during this time of year. And we went through a period of time where my oldest child, when um, he was in daycare as a baby before I um, put my nursing career on hold to stay home and open a daycare, my oldest child was in a daycare home and was getting back-to-back ear infections just over and over, no matter what we did, it just didn't seem to ease up. And then finally, we got through that phase. And then a few years later, started in with throat infections. Sometimes they were viral. A lot of times, he was getting strep throat, and we battled that. And it just seemed like every winter, there was a new battle of trying to keep all the kids healthy and well. And, you know, kids are going to get sick no matter what we do. At some point or another, kids are going to experience an illness. And that's not even necessarily really a bad thing if they're mild illnesses. You know, our children need to get some illnesses when they're young to build up and strengthen their immune system. So it's very common that young children get sick frequently, but we can do things to help minimize getting sick and then also minimize complications when they do get sick. And there's several things that we can do to try to keep our kids as healthy as possible to get through the wintertime and especially this holiday season when maybe we are out and about more, going to parties, having family gatherings, getting together with friends, we're exposing our children to a lot of different people, as well as if your child is in school or if they are in a daycare situation, they're getting exposed to lots of other children who are getting exposed to lots of other people as well. And so it's almost impossible to keep our kids healthy 100% of the time. But there are many things that we can do, like I said, to try to help our kids stay as healthy as possible through the holiday season and throughout the winter. So today we're going to talk about several of those things that we can do in order to help our kids to be healthy. I'm very big on preventative medicine. I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. Getting the flu vaccine is recommended by the CDC for pretty much everyone over the age of six months. Unless 
your doctor has advised against getting the flu vaccine, it is recommended to receive it even for your children. And that can go a long way towards trying to help protect them from getting influenza. Now, is it a 100% guarantee that if they get the flu shot, they won't get the flu? No. Unfortunately, we don't have anything that's 100% effective. But it can help drastically to cut down the number of cases of influenza, which can be a very, very serious illness. You know, a lot of people may experience a few days or several days of being sick, and they may get through it, and they may be okay. But there are thousands of people, including children, who are hospitalized every year from the flu. And there are a lot of people that end up dying from it as well. And the younger your child, the more at risk they are for having complications from the flu. Or if your child has any pre-existing health conditions that might make it a little bit harder for their bodies to fight off an infection such as influenza, you need to be protecting them as much as possible so that they don't have to go through that, if at all possible. So talk with your child's healthcare provider, and they can get the flu shot at their pediatrician's office or your family doctor's, or there's lots of other places that offer the flu vaccine now as well. A lot of pharmacies are offering them, although some may have an age limit on you know, uh, for children, so you may need to check on that. Uh, your local health department is a great resource as well. But I do recommend getting the flu vaccine for your children and for yourself, for the whole family. Unless your doctor has told you not to get it, then you really need to consider getting it to protect everyone. And you can't get the flu from the flu vaccine. It is possible to get some mild uh, symptoms afterwards that might think you're coming down with something, but you're not getting the flu from the flu vaccine. And you also have to keep in mind with the flu vaccine that it takes up to two weeks for the body to create the antibodies against influenza that the flu vaccine, uh, once you receive the vaccine, you're not protected immediately when you get the vaccine. It takes a couple of weeks for those antibodies to develop and protect you. And so if you've already been exposed and maybe didn't know it in the interim, then you may not be protected completely. So, Check into it. Consider it. I highly recommend it as a good way to protect yourself and protect your kids. The next thing we have to do absolutely strongly, strongly advocate for is washing hands. I can't tell you how many kids that I see who don't wash their hands before they eat or after they go to the bathroom or after they've been playing outside or maybe have put their shoes on. And, and I'm sorry, it just absolutely makes me cringe <laughs> to see people not wash their hands. Um, it's so important. Our skin is our first line of defense. 
And if you think about how many times your hands are touching things and then touching your nose or your mouth, you're picking up germs everywhere you go. And of course, not every germ is harmful. There's a lot of beneficial germs out there as well. We can't be freaked out and and live in a bubble and we can't, you know, wash our hands 24-7. That's not healthy either. But teach your kids the importance of washing their hands when it counts. And they need to wash their hands for about as long as it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice through. With soap and water. And then pat their hands dry thoroughly on a towel. And make sure that they're not touching their mouth or their nose. You know, talk with them about that. Keep track yourself. I mean, sometimes we just don't even think about it. We're not really conscious of the fact that how many times we touch our face in a day. But every time that you touch your nose or touch your mouth, you're potentially introducing germs into your body that could end up causing you sick if, if someone who has been infected with an illness has touched those same surfaces. So wash hands often and teach your kids to do the same. Another thing that we need to be doing for our kids to help them stay healthy, not just during the holidays, but all year long, is to make sure they're getting a good night's sleep and getting enough sleep. We've talked about this before, and um, you know, if you haven't listened to the episode that I did about sleep, I would encourage you to check that out and listen to that because getting a good night's sleep is not just for your mental health or positive outlook or to help you feel better, it really truly affects your overall health in every way, your physical health and your mental health. And when your body is not getting enough sleep, it is less able to fight off attacks from germs that can make us sick. It weakens the immune system. And that is so true for our kids. Our children need to be getting adequate sleep to protect their immunity, to help boost it, and, of course, to help them with learning, to help them emotionally and mentally. I mean, you know what your kids are like when they don't get enough sleep. They're cranky. They're irritable. They can't pay attention. They're, you know, it's just, it's not fun for anyone. And many of us adults feel the same way when we don't get enough sleep. It's hard to focus. We're tired. We may be cranky or irritable. And it's so much easier for our bodies to get sick when we are not well rested. So kids need to have several hours of sleep at night. The younger they are, the more sleep they need. Most school-age children need at least 10 to 11 hours of sleep at night, and I would bet that there's a lot of kids that are not getting enough sleep. I know friends who have young children who have much later bedtimes than 
we ever had as kids, um, and even what my kids had when they were younger. And I don't mean to to criticize. I understand that you know, especially you know, if you um, have parents that are working and get everybody home and maybe have after-school activities or extracurricular things going on, evening activities, it can be really hard to get kids to bed at an early hour. And I understand that. But make it a priority to make sure that your kids get enough sleep because it is so important and critical for their overall health and well-being. So take a look at your family schedule, and if your kids are going to bed late at night, you may need to cut out some things and, and make some adjustments to make sure that your kids are getting the sleep they need. Another thing we need to keep in mind during this time of the year especially is staying hydrated, not only internally but externally as well. You know, a lot of times we think during the summer months about how important it is to stay hydrated because especially if you're outside and it's hot and you're active and you're sweating, you know, it makes sense you're going to need to drink more. But in the wintertime, it's very easy to get dehydrated as well because typically we're staying indoors more and we have heaters going, which dries out the air and our bodies are getting dry from that, inside and out. It's very important to stay hydrated by drinking plenty of, of water and other liquids to keep our bodies going. So make sure your children are drinking enough water. And then also it's important to keep the skin moisturized as well. Because like I said, our skin is our first line of defense, especially on our hands against germs and so if your hands are dry and cracked they're going to be more susceptible to picking up germs that are not healthy for you and this is true for children as well I know that I battle every every winter I'm, I'm going through it right now my hands are already really getting dry and I'm having to break out the lotion and the moisturizer and you know and, and try to drink more water well, we need to be doing that for our kids as well. Keep an eye on whether they are staying hydrated enough and then uh, and their skin. If their hands are getting too dry, be sure to be putting lotion on them. Some type of healthy moisturizer that's good for kids' skin. And for their lips. Lips get very chapped easily in the wintertime. And teach your kids not to lick their lips when their lips feel dry. This is something that I battled when I was a kid. And especially, I remember back to third grade. My lips would get so dry, and I would sit there in class and just lick away because I thought that you know I was putting moisture on them by licking them to make them feel better. But all that ended up doing was drying them out more because... If you think about it, when you lick your lips, you know, that saliva only stays on there for a few seconds and then it evaporates away and it actually ends up drying out your lips even more and they get more chapped. And I actually ended up with um, a big red rash around my mouth. It looked like I had painted on a clown 
mouth. It was bad. You know, I had this horrible rash all around my mouth because I was licking my lips so much trying to keep them moist because I didn't have chapstick or anything to put on them. And fortunately, I had a wonderful gym teacher, my third grade gym teacher. I wish I could remember her name. Her name has escaped me. But she was a a sweet lady, and she was concerned about my, you know, rash around my mouth. And when she figured out what, you know, what was going on, she recommended um, a methylatum-type product. And I talked to my mom even and told her about it. And they got me some, and, and that took care of the problem and healed it up, fortunately. And after that, I learned, too, that licking my lips was only making the problem worse. Here I was thinking as a little kid, oh, this is going to make it better, and it just was making it worse and worse and worse. So teach your kids not to lick their lips. If their lips are dry, make sure that they have some type of moisturizing lip ointment or chapstick or some type of product that's you know safe for kids to use on their mouth and even on the skin around if need be. And another thing that gets irritated and chapped and dried out during this time of year is under the nose and around the nostrils. You know, especially if your child has a runny nose. It gets very irritated very quickly if they're having to wipe their nose a lot. Um, Even if they're using soft facial tissue, you know, over time, it can really get irritated and sore. So you can use you know, the same type of product on their lips, you can use that on their nostrils or even just some petroleum jelly, something that can moisturize and protect. The inside of the nasal passageways can also get dried out very easily this time of year. Like I said earlier, we are indoors a lot and the heat from our heaters dries out the air And that can dry out our nasal passages. And it's very common for children to get nosebleeds during the wintertime if their nasal passageways get too dried out. I'll never forget a few years ago, I was taking care of my friend's two sons. And her oldest son, who was probably about maybe 12, 13 at the time, um yelled from the bathroom, Miss Tamara, my my nose is bleeding. And I walked in to help him. And, you know, he said it had started off as just a little nosebleed. It went to a big nosebleed. And it was making him, you know, sick to his stomach. And it was making him feel like he was going to pass out. And I felt so sorry for him. Um, took care of him. We got the nosebleed, thankfully, to stop. Got it under control. But I know it was a very upsetting situation for him but it's very common during the winter months and so you want to try to keep that from happening in the first place if at all possible so I really recommend a cold air humidifier and you can buy these everywhere they're available at your local drugstores you know department stores online they're easy to find. You can get them in very, you know, various sizes. 
you can get, you know, one for just a bedroom or you can get one that can do a large room like a living room. And so you may, depending on the size of your house, may want a few. You want to make sure that they're not developing mold or anything like that. You want to, you know, check and make sure that you're cleaning them out properly and that you're um, emptying and refilling them as recommended. And you should use the type of water. A lot of times they call for distilled water. Um, You know, check and see what the type you have recommends. But keep those running as often as possible during the winter time. You know, I know some people who will put on a huge pot of water on the stove and kind of bring it to a simmer and let it, you know, bring it to a boil and then let it simmer. And, and, you know, they'll uh, put some moisture in the air that way. I would just be cautious that you don't try that, um, you know, leaving the house and leaving the burner on because you forgot that it was on. That's very easy to do. Um, So you want to make sure that you're going to be home and that you're going to, you know, and give yourself maybe a reminder to turn the burner off if you do leave. Um, You know, I mean, that is one way to increase the moisture in the room, but it's really probably not the healthiest or best way and not the safest way. So, again, cold air humidifiers are typically a lot safer to use. Another thing that we can make sure that we're doing to keep our kids healthy during the wintertime and all throughout the year is to make sure they're eating a nutritious, healthy diet. Now, I know during the holidays it can be a real challenge to get your kids to eat healthy because we are over-inundated with sweets everywhere we go. I mean, the holidays, if you think about all the baking and all the cooking and all the holiday cookies and candy, you know, there's just treats and sweets galore. And I have nothing against letting your kids indulge here and there. Absolutely. You know, we should be able to enjoy the holidays without completely restricting or keeping our kids from having any of that. But you do want to try to balance it out and to, you know, try to limit to a, you know, reasonable amount of sweets and junk food. You know, so you want to make sure that they're eating mostly healthy food as often as possible because that's going to boost their immune system and help them to fight off illnesses. Another thing we need to be doing is to make sure that we are quarantining sick sick kids from other children and everybody else. If your child is running a fever, they don't need to be going out in public. They don't need to be going to school. They need to be home. You know, if they are coughing everywhere and, and coughing on everything, um, you know, if they've got just, runny nose, sneezing, and and really feeling miserable and horrible beyond just a a mild cold, then they probably need to be home. If their symptoms are relatively mild and they're not running a fever, then a lot of times it's okay to go ahead and, and go about their normal routine if they're feeling up to it. 
But you know when your kids aren't feeling well enough to go to school or to be out in public or go to daycare, and you need to be keeping them home. And I know that's a challenge, especially if you work outside the home. I've been there. When my oldest was getting those ear infections that I mentioned earlier, because he was in a daycare home, I was working at a hospital. My husband had a full-time job. And we live in an area where we didn't have any family that we could turn to for backup. And so it meant one of us having to take off of work if our kid was running a fever and couldn't go to daycare or was just too sick to go to daycare. And unfortunately, they even got to the point where both of us were almost, you know, risking losing our jobs. Um, and thankfully, he finally, you know, quit having as many ear infections. But, you know, I know it, it is a challenge. It's hard when you need to be at work, but your kid is too sick to be at school and you maybe don't have a backup plan. So I really would encourage you to make a backup plan because I guarantee you at some point or another, it's probably going to be needed. So try to have a plan in place. If you're not able to be home with your child, try to make arrangements for if your child does get too sick to go to school or daycare. You know, when they're sick, they need to not be infecting everybody else, but they also need their parents or they need a caregiver and not have the stress of trying to get through the school day when they're too sick. You also need to keep in mind if your child does get the colder flu, uh, you know, a cold or they get the flu, a lot of over-the-counter medications are not recommended for young children. So be sure to check with your child's doctor before using any over-the-counter cold or cough or flu medication. Find out what's recommended for your child and their age and their weight that's going to be safe for them to use. Don't just think that because it's over-the-counter that it's automatically safe. Talk to your doctor first. This is Tamara Walker. You've been listening to Ask Mom RN, and I thank you for joining me. I look forward to being back with you next time. I hope you've enjoyed these tips for helping to keep your kids healthy all throughout the holidays and through the cold and flu season this winter. And I look forward to sharing more tips with you next time on how to keep your kids healthier, safer, and happier. I encourage you to visit momrn.com and check out all of our past episodes if you've missed any and connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash askmomrnshow. I would love to hear from you there and we would also love to connect with you in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash moms raising happy, healthy families. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to being back with you next week. Have a fabulous, wonderful week, everyone.